0: I think it's time to go into maintenance mode. New RV sales are plummeting along with qualities. That's what we're going to talk about in staying on the road today. And then in the RV life segment, we're going to talk about first aid and medical emergencies in an RV. And we're also going to go on a road trip in the next stop section and talk about RVing near Seattle. And then we're going to wrap up the show with the, I'm going to say new interstate battery that doubles the life. It's not really new, but it's new enough. So that's our show today, and this is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer podcast, delivering the smarts you need to enjoy the freedom of the RV lifestyle without the fear of breaking down. Now, today is episode 144, so let's get into it. And Alexis is here with us today, one more Yay, time.
1: Hey, all healthy, too. <laughs> all
0: healthy, ready to go. All right, and enthused. hmm So we're not going to talk about much other than the show today.
1: Sounds good, Eric. So
0: let's just get into it and talk about RV first aid and medical emergencies.
1: Yeah, this is a big one, I think. Um, there are about eight steps in, you know, making sure you have everything you need for an RV emergency. But um, we'll, we'll let you look at those on your own time. Basically, what we want you to do is just be prepared. Know where you're going, know what you have, put together a first aid kit for yourself, a comprehensive one. Um, Eric mentioned that um, you can get a really good first aid kit from JACE Medical, J-A-S-E Medical. So we'll put the, the link down there, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. We want you to we want you to really think about where you're going and have have an exit strategy is an important thing. So know where you're gonna be. Um, know what's surrounding you. Um, have some basic knowledge and how to save somebody's life, maybe some CPR, you know, how to get out of there fast. Whatever whatever comes up just just prepare yourself a little bit. We want you to be safe on the road.
0: <laughs> right, very good. So there's some good pointers there. So if you go to Enjoying the RV Life section of com, all the information will be there. And it's very helpful. Alexis brought some nice points here. And Jace Medical makes great supply kits, or you can build your own. You know, if you feel like that's what you want to do, that's fine. Sometimes it's easier just to buy a kit. You know, and you wanna you wanna have trauma supplies too in case you get a real serious uh, wound, cutting something, you know, it's blood's pouring out everywhere. You <laughs> never know what's gonna happen. I've been, you know, doing stuff my entire life out in the deserts and mountains and things and occasionally a first aid kit does come in handy.
1: Yep, it does.
0: And keeping your senses and knowing where you're at, your surroundings, who you can talk to in case of a severe emergency. Is there someone you can call to help you walk through it, calm you down? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and you go to the website, more information is there. Really, it's it's not that complicated. Eight points, as Alexis brought out, really brings it home. You just got to do a little uh, more planning on your end, but these eight points will walk you right through it. So you got a pretty um, good plan if something were to go wrong. Okay, so hopefully that's some helpful information for you. And now let's get into staying on the road. We're moving along kind of quick here today. We've been spending a lot of time on a lot of stuff in the past episodes. We're just trying to get to the point today. I don't know what it is. It's a Monday.
1: Get to the meat.
0: (laughs) That's right. We're all hungry. We want meat. More meat. Okay, so I think it's time to go into maintenance mode. New RV sales are plummeting along with quality. So that's what the title of this section is. Now, there's a little bit to this, and you're going to have to bear with me for a minute as I kind of walk through this. I'm building up to something here. So over the decades, the RV industry has had highs and lows due to the economy, you know, and the economy being up, economy being down. So that would affect fuel prices where they're high, they're low fuel shortages, fuel surpluses, no wars, active wars, high interest rates, low interest rates, lack of interest in RVing, lack of interest in doing anything outdoors or traveling because of things happening in the world or maybe just economic pressures. But through each of these high and low periods, RVers have adjusted to the new circumstances. Even businesses serving the RV industry have had to adjust as well. You know, they got to Adjust up, adjust down. And as I recall, you know, years ago, this is, you know, the 80s, early 90s. It seemed like Camping World, you know, they're kind of that brand that's been out there a long time, since the 60s. It seemed like they were just always on the verge of bankruptcy. Prior to them expanding into selling RVs, it just seemed like it was, you know, from one day to the next, is Camping World going to be here? It was always what the discussion was in the RV industry, but that changed. And it seemed like at the same time, many RV dealerships, even huge ones that well actually they're huge today. They were a good size back then. They were in the same situation. They're just one sale away from closing their doors. Then all of a sudden the RV industry just took off in, you know, let's say the late eighties, early nineties, probably in the nineties more so. Money was flowing. Banks were giving away money. RV uh, businesses, you know, dealerships and such were be able to were able to borrow money, find funding, so they were expanding. Camping World ran into some money and started buying up dealerships all over the country. And things went like that for years. And then two thousand eight, two thousand nine comes along, and the economy collapses. I remember you could buy a motorhome for like 25 to 50% off of their retail value. Huge savings. You know, pickup trucks were almost free. You know, a diesel one-ton truck, you can get for $15,000, $12,000. Housing developments in Arizona, I remember one that was, uh besides them all going bankrupt and closing their doors, I remember one was literally giving you one or two cars to, for free depending on the house you bought. <laughs> and the house was at some stupid discount rate. So, I mean, people were just desperate to to sell what they had, to get rid of it. Dealerships in the RV industry were closing, or they had new locations. They were closing those and, you know, kind of scaling it back to their original location or maybe two locations. Others just closed up and went away. RV, RV manufacturers were drying up like the desert plain after a rain. They were gone. Not to mention banks were not giving loans for anything related to RVs. So the money supply dried up. So it took a few years, and everything started to bounce back, and eventually it became the new normal. See, after there's a collapse in the economy or anything, a pandemic, there's always a new normal. So then we go into this new normal. The RV industry was steady for, for years after 2008 and 2009. But in the background, the manufacturers learned a lesson. They needed to be prepared more financially. They needed to be ready for the next big thing that was going to come, whether it was good or bad. But typically, it's bad. They prepare for the worst. They'll deal with the good as they as as it comes. But pre- preparing for the worst is more important in business. So why this is why their part of their preparation is to cut back on quality. And that's what they did. So this was working in the background. A slow, steady change was taking place. It didn't happen overnight. But eventually, it became very apparent that this was now built into almost every new RV. And what am I talking about? Poor quality. So to save money, the quality that could be found in older RVs gradually disappeared in many of the brands. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Then the pandemic Changed the industry overnight. RVs couldn't be built fast enough to keep up with the demand. Manufacturers couldn't keep employees. They saw employee turnover rates that nobody had ever seen. You know, some of the manufacturers were replacing everybody on their floor every 30 days, every two weeks in some cases. So it was just a constant change. By the time they got someone trained, that person was gone and someone else was in. Things changed drastically. And today, the RV industry is experiencing a new normal. And today, the complaints about poor quality never seem to end. And poor customer service is the figurative cherry on top. Things have gotten bad. Even though the RV industry sold more RVs than they've ever sold, they're making money hand over fist. Their, their plan of lowering the quality to produce lower-priced RVs to make more profits finally came to fruition, whether they liked it or not, because the RV industry has changed now for the worse. So now I'm not trying to be all negative here. I'm just trying to be realistic about what we're facing. So what is an RVer to do? Should you buy a new RV? Should you buy a used RV? Me personally, I guess time to go into maintenance mode. The industry is slowing down which may give the OEMs, which that's the RV manufacturers, original equipment manufacturers, so it could be the RVs, it could be the appliance manufacturers that support the industry. Give It's giving the manufacturers of RVs the opportunity to reevaluate what they're doing and how to improve it. It seems like the OEMs think making a more efficient AC or adding more technology to the RV, such as a a tablet or a panel on a wall that controls the entire RV from one place that somehow improves the overall experience. Well, some of these changes sound good. Some of them are good for a little bit until they start having problems. And then it lowers the overall RV experience. New technology does not always fix all the problems. It just looks good. And wow, look at this, a tablet on the wall. I can control my RV from one place. This is like the Jetson, something in the future, but it's not. It's just a tablet that's not going to work very well after a couple years or even less or even sometimes a couple weeks. But when they fail, that's when you really feel the crunch of the low quality or the poor quality because you're left in the lurch with something that doesn't work or it's super expensive to get repaired or it's hard to find someone to even repair it right. So in the meantime, it might be better to keep and improve what you already have. If you were to sell your RV today, especially if it's a pandemic RV, so you bought it during the pandemic and you bought a new RV, well, it's not going to change your circumstances too much. You're probably just going to have a new RV with very similar problems. And so you really didn't accomplish anything unless you just really needed to get a new RV because the floor plan of yours was horrible, or it just had so many problems you felt you'd be better off with a new one, even though it might have problems. you're just willing to take that chance. so those are things to consider. You know your circumstances, so you have to purchase accordingly. but let's say you bought a new rV post or during the pandemic, not post now well, even post. it doesn't matter. The quality is probably even worse because <laughs> they haven't really improved. You know, pre-pandemic RVs, in other words, RVs built prior to the pandemic were better quality, but they were still part of that overall plan or strategy where quality is being reduced. You go back to 2004, 2000 and older, much better quality, although they did not have the sophisticated electronics and all the little gadgets new RVs have, but they were better RVs in a lot of ways. So the point is, is the industry is slowing down you have a used RV or a fairly new RV, but it's still used, it's sold, it's been registered, it's used. Now might be the time to invest in just fixing it up. Rather than looking at a new RV, unless you really have to have one, look at your RV. How bad is it really? How many problems does it have that you can't work your way through and just keep it? Because you know if you buy a new one, you start from scratch in a lot of ways, and you're having to do certain things to just get it to where your RV's at now. So you're going to spend more money. So if there's nothing major like a structural problem, a chassis bench or something, then it's probably worth keeping your RV and just working through the issues. And some of the issues like refrigerators today, furnaces, they don't seem to have the quality that they did just a few years ago. They might be more efficient, but they seem to break more often. And that probably carries over from brand to brand or brand by brand. Some brands are better than others right now. You have to look at that. If your furnace is going to break every year and you know it's going to need a new sales switch, you know, 20, 30, 40 bucks for a sales switch is not the end of the world if you know that's going to happen. Or maybe it's a circuit board. Yeah, it gets into more money, but if that's the worst it gets, is you got a bad furnace it's always going to fail, or you know it's going to, then maybe you just keep it going for a few years until the quality changes, hopefully for the better. And it's like that on everything on the RV. You know, there's some things that are just maintenance items that constantly need attention anyways, like your rubber roof, It needs to be inspected two or three times a year, regardless of the age of the RV. Whether it's new, used, it doesn't matter. You have to stay on top of that. That's maintenance. Your tires are going to wear out. Your brakes are going to wear out. Things like that are normal maintenance. But it's the problems, you know, if, um, looking at all the little things in your RV, maybe there's little things that fall apart, you know, screws come out here and there. Can you fix that and just make it last? Do a better job. You know, anymore you look at RVs, especially the mid to lower priced ones, you can tell how they're built just by walking in and looking at the trim on it. The trim isn't even finished sometimes. You know, it has the appearance of looking finished, but when you look at it, it's not. They don't even use 45-degree cuts on trim anymore. It's just straight cuts. Everything's butted together. Kind of like they do a Montana around windows and doors for some reason. <laughs> it's like they can't hire someone that can run a saw and make a 45-degree cut. That's too complicated nowadays. At least that's what it looks like. Because when you go in an RV, every cut is straight. And things are, you know, might have two or three staples to hold it on or maybe two or three hundred. <laughs> it's like you know, you look, the quality is just there. It has failed. Um, but can you deal with that? You already bought the RV, something drew you to it. You liked it, you know, or at least maybe the thought of RVing and you get it, you use it a few times. Like, wow, this thing isn't like a new car. When you buy a new car, you don't have the problems. And if you do, the dealership takes care of it. They don't give you a bunch of run around, you know, dealerships you know, for automotive, typically do give people run around in a lot of ways, but with warranty work, they take care of it. RV dealerships, they don't want to take care of it. They don't want to do the warranty work. So you find yourself with this RV that, gosh, what do you do with it? It's new. Can you sell it? You know, you could, probably at a loss though. So just hang on to it. Look at the bigger picture. The RV is just a tool to get you out to the area that you want to go RVing at. It's to get you to the campsite. It's so you and your family can enjoy your weekends or weeks together, time together. You know, it's a house on wheels. It's going to have problems, but just make the best of that house. And, you know, I have a new RV. I bought it during the pandemic, and I knew buying it I was going to regret it. You know, that's the problem. When you know a little bit about how things are built, and then you're buying it during a bad time. You know there's going to be problems. It might has problems. And, you know, the manufacturer, they don't care it's a heartland. They don't have that. Oh really? That didn't work. Oh golly gosh, jeepers. We better take care of that. They don't care. You talk to people that are making X amount of dollars an hour. They're probably not going to be there for more than six weeks or six months. They don't care about the job. They don't care about you or the problems. They don't care about the company. That's what we find today. So you're on your own in a way. You're on an island, and you got to make sure your RV works and will take you on your trips. You know, and this is what's happened in the past. In the year, you know, throughout the years, like in the 70s or 80s, when fuel prices go through the roof, people don't sell their RVs. They just stop buying new ones, and they fix up their old ones. When interest rates go through the roof, they don't, they don't stop RVing. They just don't buy new ones. They fix up their old RVs. We're at one of these points where it's time to just fix up your RV or, you know, keep it maintained. Maybe it's new and you've got it all dialed in just how you want it. Then just keep it going that way. If you want to get a new RV and you're thinking, well, I'm going to buy a used one this go around, then find a used one and just plan on keeping it for a while. And you're going to have some problems with it, but realize that going in try to find the rv with the least amount of problems so there's less headaches then just fix it up the way you like it and maintain it so you don't have all these extra problems with the rv and in your life and then when you're ready to use the rv it's there for you saying come on in let's go (laughs) so you know i'm not knocking the industry i'm not trying to i know it sounds like i am but it is what it is it's reality and this is where we're at And it's just worth these one of these pivotal points in time where you need to make a decision. And if you want to enjoy the RV lifestyle, then you need to make some changes and adjust to it. And that's what's happened throughout the decades. We adjust. And it's not just RVs. It's a lot of things we adjust to. But keep the RV in your life. RVs are great. They're fun. They bring families together. It's a good way to get away and just forget about all the problems that are surrounding you. So use your RV, even if just for a weekend here, a weekend there. Just take advantage of it. You already got it. You might as well enjoy it. So hopefully that's helpful information. can benefit you in some way. And not only that, it helps support the RV industry, keeping it going without crashing it. (laughs) All right, so as a reminder now, we have our YouTube channel, and we'd like to encourage everybody to take a look at it. If you go to YouTube and just in the search bar type in, The Smart RVer, it'll come up, plenty of videos there to help you with your RV, videos on all sorts of subjects to help you figure out how to fix your RV or what you need to buy or how to proceed with a certain project. All right, now let's get to the next stop. And today, Alexis is going to take us to Seattle, Washington. (laughs) That's
1: right. More specifically, the area surrounding Seattle. <laughs> uh, that sounds
0: much better.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't be that fun to RV inside the city, I don't think.
0: <laughs> Unless you... No, not even over there.
1: <laughs> okay, maybe for the best. Yeah. No, but there's some beautiful places around RV, uh, around, around RV, around Seattle. Um, they have a lot of, a lot of campgrounds around that area, actually. Um, there's Olympic National park that's close by, um, the Cascades for those views. It's just a beautiful place. There's a lot you can find around there. So maybe doing a little Google search for if you're going to be in the area, if you're going to be around Seattle, um, maybe you're reuniting with family and you want to go camping around that area, (laughs) then you can do it that way. There's there's a lot to do, a lot to eat there. Um, So if you wanted to go in the city for a little adventure, you could do that too kind of got everything what do you think eric <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah if you want to go to the city yeah yeah for it just bring a flak jacket and
1: there you go fire
0: yeah. fire extinguisher there you and, go. Um, mm-hmm. no a bat there's, there's a lot to do there it's another one of those areas that it's jam-packed with stuff seattle in itself has had some problems over the years but there's still some good mm-hmm. spots but if you're rving around it and that's what's cool is, you know, RVing around it. If you did have to go into the city for something, yeah. for some essential item that is there. You
1: could do it. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it makes it easier. But it's a great way to have kind of day trips if you want. Yeah. You know, find a base someplace and just head out from there. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you wanted to do something like that.
1: See the but ocean. The,
0: but there are things. Yeah, the ocean, that's worth going right there. Exactly. You know, you know check it out. Go to com, Go to the next stop. And the title of it is... um discover the magic of RV near Seattle. Yep. (laughs) And look that over and you know it's just another place to go. You know there's so many places in the United States but if you're on the west coast or you know western states sometimes these these ones are easier because you head north south east west whatever and you're there a lot quicker. A lot less expensive to get there so Mm -hmm. check it out. Um like every one of these places, we end up talking about it in greater detail after the show, how how cool it would be to go there. Right. All yep. right. And so also to help you get motivated on your trips, go to RVDestinationsMagazine.com. We've been pushing this for a while. Great magazine. They've got a quality magazine, and they travel all these different places, taking great pictures, really showing the area you know we talk about it but these pictures really describe the different areas so they got great destinations in there as well so there are so many places to see in the united states in an rv that it's just it's it'd take you years to ever do it if you ever could in a lifetime so check out rvdestinationsmagazine.com and now let's talk about the fairly new interstate battery It's the EMB series. It's a 24 series and a 27 series. So that's the BCI group, 24 and 27. Both of those are very common in RVs for uh, deep cycle batteries. So what's cool about this interstate battery is it's been out for, I think, about three years now, somewhere in there. And during that time, they've had like next to nothing for a failure rate. And so that's one of the great things. But the better thing is the battery has this new technology inside of it. Even though it's a lead acid battery, it doubles the life of the battery. So rather than getting, you know, three to five years, you're going to get more like four to eight or nine years out of it, maybe even 10. It's a super high quality battery. And Price-wise, I think the national price, the average price is about $216, somewhere in there. Where a regular, let's say that's a 27 series deep cycle battery. So your typical deep cycle battery is probably going to run, you know, 170, 180, maybe 150, depending on where you're at. So it's a little bit more, but look at it. It's not twice as much. You know, it's maybe 25% more but you double the life of the battery. And one of the things that I really like about it, it's maintenance-free. So you can put it anywhere without having to worry about checking the water in it. It's maintenance-free. And up until now, I think AC Delco is the only other one that made a decent deep-cycle battery that was maintenance-free. In fact, that's the brand we sell a lot of here just for that reason, because it's maintenance-free. So now this interstate battery with double the life, you know, maintenance-free, it's a no-brainer. You spend a little bit more up front, but if you get double the life of it, it's well worth it. It's a cheaper way to go, and it's still a good way to go. You know, lithium batteries are kind of taking the market by storm, but lithium batteries are not for everybody. They can be expensive. They do have their problems, and more and more problems with lithium are surfacing now with fires and, you know, the the obvious things that you know when you buy it that you can't use it while it's frozen, while you can use it, but you can't recharge it. Things like that are becoming more apparent and causing more problems for people. So if you don't want to go the lithium way or even the AGM way, which AGM batteries have changed a little bit, we're going to talk about that in a future episode, the quality of those has gotten better. So it gives you alternatives to that lithium battery, and this is one of them. You know, if you're not the full-time RVer who's living off the grid, then this interstate battery is probably the battery for you. hope that information helps you, and any interstate dealer can answer any, you know, greater questions you might have about the battery. I think most everybody who sells interstate batteries is stocking them as well. All right, so just as a reminder, one more time, go to our YouTube channel, The Smart RVer. Check out our videos. And that's going to bring our show to an end today. We have done it. That went super quick. Hopefully it did for you in a good way. (laughs) So it kind of caught me off guard. So, you know, we have our YouTube channel. We have a lot of things happening there as far as videos go. We're adding videos to it at least every two weeks right now. We're trying to up that, but no guarantees. But every two weeks, there's a good video that's coming out having to do something with RV maintenance to help you make better decisions in purchasing products, not throwing your money away. There's so much bad product out there now. It's easy to buy stuff that's just not going to last. It's becoming an issue. So go to our YouTube channel, The Smart RVer on YouTube, and you'll be able to give some good advice there. All right, next week, or next episode, I should say, is 145. And this is going to be the complete guide to simplify RV maintenance for newbies and full timers. Now this guide is not going to be a physical guide, so to speak of, but it's going to break down the maintenance in your RV in a way that's going to make it very simple to do for anybody. And it's going to take the fear out of maintaining your RV. You know, it's going to make it so you got the confidence to do it. All right. So we had a great show today. Thank you for being here, Alexis. Throw it in your two cents worth. Thank you. <laughs>
1: All
0: right. This is Eric Sark with the Smart RVer podcast. It's been great hanging out with you. If I don't see you on the road, let's connect at the